All right, here we go. Here we go. It's time for another episode of the Techie and the Cowboy podcast. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. the Techie. And I'm T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. the Cowboy. So we're going to talk about something that we <laughs> tend to both be experts on. We're laughing because we're off mic chuckling about this, which is spending time on things that don't serve you. This is how you could tell that we're a no judgment podcast because most of this stuff is stuff that we're either dealing with, have dealt with, learning, or constantly battling, right, TW? <laughs> yeah, or you left at or are guilty of. Guilty of, right? So, Still. So, so never think that in this podcast we're coming at a, a place of judgment because it's completely opposite of that. It, it just We have these conversations anyways in our, our prayer meeting. So we've said maybe somebody can learn from some of the lessons that we learned, or maybe somebody can even give insight on stuff that we talk about that we haven't even thought about. So that's why we love hearing your feedback on our Facebook page and the messages and the emails that we receive, uh, because it really is open discussion, these type of things. So talk a little bit about you know this, this whole subject and kind of what we're going to breach before we roll the intro. We're going to talk about situations that we find ourselves in that really don't do us any good. We can't do better to sidestep them. And then even when we're by ourselves and have control of things and there's nothing else going on, we are also open to and often fall victim to procrastination. And we're going to talk about that because that's what we were talking about off mic. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Before we get started, let's kick that season three new intro. And now, a few minutes with two of my friends, who will soon be yours, the Techie and the Cowboy. All right, we're back. So for those of you who don't know, if you're wondering, uh, you know, where the origins of the intro background music came from, my dad is actually from the islands. He's from Antigua. So I grew up with Caribbean music. Now, as far as the outro, you can explain that one a little bit better, T.W. How about the outro music? Where we get that inspiration? Well, we were we were talking one time about our, our different and eclectic taste in music. And I owned up to the fact that I am a very adamant fan of Zydeco. Ever since I spent uh, a few days in New Orleans doing some business and there was some kind of Zydeco festival going on and it was a street festival and I went to it and I en ended up coming back with about 20 CDs and I play them over and over again and we borrowed a little bit of that music for the outro just just because I love the guy who was singing. And it's funny because one of my roommates in college actually introduced it to me. He's actually from Dayton, Texas, a little bitty town, Dayton, Texas, where they love Zydeco music. A lot of people from that area are in his family are have a Louisiana background. And that was the first time I had heard Zydeco music. And it's it's kind of has some French origins in it. And it has some, uh, you know, Louisiana origins in it. it, has some Caribbean origins in it from looking it up as well. So I was anything with the beat and anything with the music that you can dance to. And let me tell you, these guys, whenever they're dancing to the Zydeco music they could absolutely positively move and that's uh, and where i you know kind of fell in love with it as well so we figured why the heck not in season three we'll, we'll have a little zydeco feel to our, our outro as well so good stuff all right so let's get back to our our topic spending time on things that don't serve you what's your experience in this area tw one of the things that i have found out although probably a little bit less and less as i have grown older is that if you are a person of good spirit and you're trying to practice the example setting of what a good Christian does, you find yourself very giving of your time to people for situations you tend to volunteer. In that, you find that there are people who will hone into that because they take your energy 
and they use it to replace the energy that they are not either willing to give of themselves or they do not have. So they are what I would call net takers. They just take your time and they keep coming back. And actually they want more and more with each situation. And at some point you finally have to say, I'm sorry, no, I cannot be with you at this time. You know, you're gonna have to settle that issue. You're gonna have to do this thing, whatever, by yourself. You know, it sounds so easy, but one of the biggest challenges people have is saying no, especially if they're a giver and they have a giving spirit and they have the personality type where it is that they want to give people the shirt off their back. A lot of times at their own detriment, they give so much that there's nothing left. But there's a saying that says you can't give from empty tank. Um, so you have to be able to say no and be able to leave some for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, uh, or else you're giving so much that that you end up doing yourself a disservice. Yes, if you want a, a really good example of that, the easiest thing to do to fall victim of that is to own a pickup truck and have friends or relatives who want to move seemingly every other month. And on top of that, they never move to a first floor apartment or condo. <laughs> no, you have to truck the stuff over there. Then you have to carry it up flights of stairs and, and do it. And finally, you have to say, you know what? Truck died. And then they try to justify by saying, I'll pay for your gas. Well, yeah, but what about my back? <laughs> what about my fingers? <laughs> Those toes that I'm going to lose whenever I drop the couch on my toes. And the fact that, you know, uh, the wear and tear on my vehicle and everything else like that, the damage that may be done to the vehicle while you're moving, right? Versus going to U-Haul, paying, you know, a hundred, couple hundred bucks to be able to rent the truck. They take you for granted an advantage in your time, which is the value of time is the biggest thing that you have for granted as well so the ability to be able to say no i'm not going to be able to do that right now but let me tell you what u hauls running a special 20 bucks per hour and I'm, I'm sure it is that you can rent that and be able to do that i mean it's just it's you have to be able to stand up for yourself or else people will not even knowingly it's not like they're trying to take advantage of you in their mind they're just asking you for a favor but in your mind you have all this list of stuff to do and you say yes and now you put all that stuff aside and cause more stress in other areas of your life because of the inability to be able to say no right uh, my sister moved a record three times in one academic year when she was in college and after the third time i said look Will you find yourself a boyfriend who has a little bit of size to him, not these skinny bookworms that you seem to end up with, but somebody who can actually lift, you know, half of a sofa. It, it can't be just me. Yeah, big guys are always a good thing to be able to have whenever you have uh, female. Like I'm, Riley is my daughter. So, uh, you know, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, I need you to get a, a guy that's big enough to be able to help you. But small enough where it is I could take them down. <laughs> so so another place where spending time on things that don't serve you uh, comes into play is when it comes to the big P word, procrastination, right? So TW said, well, if we have procrastinators, does that mean that we have amateur crastinators and novice crastinators and then we're at the pro level? I said, no, TW, I think we're at the all-star level. <laughs> we're at the Super Bowl ring MVP level when it comes to procrastination, right? Yes. Hey, <laughs> did you, did, you know, being that I am a writer and I uh, have a great curiosity for words, do you know where the origin of procrastination comes no. from? No. It's actually an amalgamation. It's, it's taken from a Latin word, which is called, let me look it up here, procrastinate us, procrastinate us. Now that's actually two words. The pro, 
in Latin means for or forward. And crastinus has the meaning of tomorrow. So literally, procrastination is for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Where I grew up in South Texas, you know, we would say, oh, yeah, that's the manana attitude. Oh, why do it today when I can put it off and, and do it tomorrow? But uh, essentially, that's what that's where it comes from is for people who recognize that there were things that they could put off. You know, I've done a lot of research on the whole procrastination thing. And I, I finally heard a speaker kind of put it in layman's terms that I could understand. And his whole theory is that there's no such thing as procrastination. He said, there's just about prioritizing and things, importance uh, in your life, right? So he gave an example. He said, okay, so if I told you, I need you to be able to go outside and cut all of the lawns of all of your neighbors, and I need it done by next year, right? And if you do it by next year, I'm going to give you $200, right? And you, But you have to do this. You have no option. You're going to put it off as long as it is that you can in that year until it gets down to the final thing so you can get your $200 and so you can say it's done and it has to be done. But if he said, I'm going to, you need to cut all your neighbor's lawns, I'm going to give you one week and I'm going to give you a million dollars at it, you'd probably go knock it out right away so you get your million dollars right away, right? Same task, same amount of work that it takes, but it's just higher in your priority because at the end of the, the day, the carrot at the end is bigger for you to be able to do it. So when you're procrastinating doing something, it's not that is that you can't do it, it's that there's other things in your life that you put at a higher priority. So it's easier to get those things done than to focus on what it is that you need to be doing. So if you need to be able to study for a test, you, all of a sudden your brain's gonna find all these things that are higher priority to do because it is that you, you've realized that you could put that off until the very last minute. And then you go into a panic at the last minute and you start trying to cram because it now it's moved up in importance and then rank. You're not going to pass this test. You're not going to be able to get that license. You're not going to be able to get to the, you know, pass the bar if it is that you don't get the studying in. So now it's just moved up in importance inside of your life. Nothing else has changed about the item itself. Nothing else has changed about how you feel about it. It's just moved up in importance. And I was like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense to me. I just need to figure out how it is to be able to move something up in importance in my life in order to be able to get it done. And that'll help me to stop procrastinating so much. Well, there, there's this one tech, blog that I I read, yeah, I'd say fairly regularly, but not absolutely everyone. And they had a topic on exactly this on procrastination. And this person who owns her own firm came up with this theory about procrastination for herself and for her staff. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a quote here. It says, people used to think that procrastination was a sign of poor time management and laziness. But now, meaning today, now psychologists understand that procrastination is an issue with managing our emotions, not our time. When the task we're putting off isn't clearly defined, it seems too difficult. It makes us, quote, feel bad. And, some and so to make ourselves feel better in the moment, we start doing something else. So then she went on to say, here's how you break the thing down and just, you know, make it simple and that kind of stuff. But what she was saying was the issue was one of clarity. So I think that in your example about the lawn, million dollars by the end of the week or whatever, very clear. Right. $200 uh, sometime in the, in the next year, a little bit less clear and easier not to have to deal with.
So yes, combination of both for sure. The last one that I heard was the, the the chemical reactions of your brain. Your brain is constantly looking for that that dopamine rush, right? That that extra little nudge to be able to make it feel good. And that's why it is that it's easier to be able to to drink than not drink. You're looking for the temporary fix that's going to give you that rush, even though there may be long term consequences. It's the same thing that we've created whenever it is that we're looking at emails or on social media on our phone. That funny joke that you see inside of your email, that funny thing on the timeline, that, that comedy stripped or that little piece or that meme or whatever else, every time it is that you get one of those, it's like a little mini injection of dopamine rush inside of your brain. That's why people could scroll forever because they're looking for that next thing that's going to make them go laugh or go aha that they're going to forward or they're going to share or they're looking for that moment in life that they can actually share on their phone as well. Today's society has created that. That's why it's so much easier to be able to check your email. That's why people are addicted to the being on their phone to be able to look because they're looking for that extra rush. And, you know, Gary Keller in The One Thing, which is the book, talks about how it is every time it is that we switch tasks, it takes that much more energy in order to be able to get back on task. So every time it is that we look at our phone, every time it is that we go check the email, every time it is that we pick up the phone to talk to somebody or find something else to do, that little bit of energy that takes a switch back and forth between tasks is very draining on you. And that's what it is that causes us to be able to have not a lot of momentum in it as well. Another form of what you would call procrastination. Well, I know that you and I have talked in the past about the importance of a routine that practically rises to the level of ritual so that you, particularly like early in the day, you do the same two or three, five steps you know, which for Christians often is, you know, meditation, reading scripture, saying prayer, et cetera, et cetera. And writing a list of here's the three things I really must do today. So, you know, that gives you that clarity. You know, also, there's some uh, elements of self um, affirmation in it, where you can say something positive. I know that uh, today I'm going to recognize three good things about myself. You know, I'm strong, I'm persevering, uh, I am committed to what I have to do, whatever those are, but that self-evaluation. And then there are other sets of routines that have you do that as you begin your day. And then they have routines of things you do as you end your day, which set like, for example, taking that guy's methodology a step further, here's what I was able to accomplish today. So you get that sense of accomplishment. What is interesting is in having read, because I just enjoy reading those kinds of things to get into, into my routine, that so many, or, or I should say a very frequent step that people say to start your day so you have this feeling of accomplishment, plus it's very important is, drum roll goes here, make your bed. Yep. So get up, make your bed. It said, look, I've at least done one good thing today. I've made my bed. It's funny because we've talked about this in a podcast in the past as well, but I have my clients that I coach for body transformation uh, do this as well. And they don't understand it at the very beginning. They're like, uh, what you're supposed to be teaching me how it is to be able to lose weight or put on muscle or whatever else. What does this whole, all this mindset stuff have to do with it? It's everything, right? So in the morning you do your affirmations, which is the, you know, the I am statements and you're give, you're putting positivity in first thing when you wake up. So you talked about routine TW. So the routine would be get up, 
use the restroom if you need to be able to do that first do whatever your spiritual development is for me it's actually doing my daily devotionals on bible.com or the bible app and doing it that way or you can have there's lots of daily devotional books or something where it is that the first thing into your brain you're feeding your spirit and you're feeding your personal development right at the beginning of the day because the problem is, is if you go look at email first or if you get on facebook first and you see something that upsets you frustrates you distracts you you're not going to absorb it then going to your spiritual stuff but you're not going to absorb it the same way whereas when you fill the tank first with the spirit then you can kind of let some of that other stuff bounce off of you because now you put on the armor right at the very very beginning and then at the end of the day i tell them they're going to bookend is what i call it, bookending your days right so at the end of the day you're going to write in the gratitude journal everything it is that you're grateful for that happened that day everything you're grateful for if you can't figure out something in that day the stuff that you're grateful for in life like i'm grateful for amazing kids i'm great to have a roof over my head i'm grateful to have a vehicle that runs i'm grateful whatever it is that you can come up and you're supposed to fill up that page in your gratitude journal with things that you're grateful for so now you started off empowering yourself at the beginning of the day and you started off being grateful at the end of the day and it's been proven that whatever it is that you put in your brain last is what your mind focuses on your subconscious focuses on while it is that you're asleep so if you end the day on something positive, now your mind is focusing on what you're grateful for all evening and you wake up feeling a totally different way. And then you feed yourself right when you wake up with some positivity and you bookend your day. So no matter what happens in between those two things, you have these, it's like a shields on, on your day. So that way it is that you can feel better. People just start amazingly starting to feel better and start, and they just have a whole different outlook on life. They find they're snapping less at their kids or arguing less with their spouse or having a better day at work. And they're like, man, everybody at work has just changed so much. I mean, everybody at work has just gotten so much nicer. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. think it was everybody else <laughs> who did that. I think it may be something that's going on with you, but I'll let you think that if that's what makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th I think there's there's one other element to it in between those two bookends, particularly if you're in a space working with other people on a routine basis. And that's to have some kind of, signal, whether it's physical or verbal or whatever, that says, I need this time to myself to do whatever I have assigned myself to do. Please respect me and do not bother me until, you know, I change the signal. Uh, I had a boss that that did that. He had a, what he called his magic 45. He'd take 45 minutes and he'd work really hard on something. And during that time period, he would close his door almost all the way He'd leave it a little bit open in case there was some kind of emergency otherwise his door was completely open so we knew that he didn't want to be disturbed we worked around it you know type of thing i think it's very important you work at home you've probably got some kind of signal that you give your family it says you know if or like like when you're in college if you put a tie on the doorknob it meant don't come in the room you know one of those kind of things you know, there is some kind of signal that says please this is not anything personal about you i just need my time my op my office happens to be downstairs and away from the flow of things so it's real easy that when situation i have people know that when i go down to my office that means i want quiet time to myself and to work i come up quite often but <clears throat> aside from that you know i not that i can't be disturbed i just choose there because i'm more efficient in doing that and you respect the people who respect your boundary. So that's important. That kind of gets on with the, the you know, people who take up your time and situation and stuff. You just need to have me focused time because that's very important during the day at some point.
another great tip because we're all about giving you tools that you can use in order to be able to get better about our different subjects. Uh, that's worked for me. And at first it was a little bit awkward and, and, and it almost seemed like it was forced, but the more it is that I did it and the more I saw a positive reaction to it, the more I love doing it. It's just find a reason before it is that you start conversation with anybody to be able to give a genuine compliment to them about something. And it, it could be about some, something that they're wearing, some the way that they look, some the way that they always show up, the fact that they're always smiling, the fact that they're in a good mood. Even for the bitter people who it is that you can't, it's really hard, find something. And they probably haven't been complimented all day if they're a bitter person, right? Or maybe never, right? But all of a sudden, if every time it is that you approach them and you start off with the genuine, don't make it fake. Don't be like, I like your blue shoes and you don't even like blue, right? You know what I mean? It, it, make it genuine. Like, Genuinely start thinking of ways that you can be able to compliment them and starting that off will not only make them feel great, will not only make whatever comes after it go well, but they'll actually start looking at you as a positive person. You're always, you'll hear stuff like, you're always so nice. You're always, you know, um, giving me compliments and stuff like that, which makes you feel better and actually recharges your own batteries as well. So there's lots of different things that you could do during the day to be able to kind of relieve, if you think of like a, a pressure cooker, you know, I mean, to let some of the pressure out of the pressure cooker. If you think of a, you know, a teapot, letting the steam out of a teapot, there's different ways positively that you can do that, um, that will help you throughout the day. I used to tell um, any, well, I still do to uh, a degree, any female that will listen, that men are easy to have relationships with because they're like puppies or, or young dogs. There's only two things you have to do. Pet them on the head and say, good dog, and keep the dish full. I said, aside from that, <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying is compliment them, pat them on the head, and then, you know, give them something, the work value or, you know, whatever else it is, love, whatever, two things. And that really motivates people and makes your life easier as well. But as you say, it has to be sincere. It has to be sincere and it can't only be when you want something. That's the other thing, oh, the tip sure. that I give with that. A lot of people that do this, but they, they they learn to expect that if you're giving them a compliment, that means something's coming bad behind it, then it kind of diffuses the whole entire point. You have to be able to give a compliment even whenever it is that you don't want something, even whenever it is that you're not having a hard conversation. That way they can just see it as you being genuine and not just you using it as a point of manipulation. So that's another tip when it comes to that. All right, so we, we talked about a lot of different things and a lot of different ways it is that you serve time, people don't, don't serve you. Anything before we close this out that you can give them as, as a final thought, TW? I think that it requires a bit of self-evaluation to, to see what is important because there are things that you have to do that you know have to do for your profession, to feed your family, et cetera, et cetera. And anybody who takes away from your ability to do that is not serving you well. Now. There are things that come up that you have to do, but there are some people who are not adding to that equation and only take it away. And that's what you have to carefully evaluate and just say, I know like you and I have discussed over the last year or so, activities that I've been doing that, uh, that I have been getting myself out of because they're not serving me well anymore and taking up the time from doing other things. So it is a self-evaluation uh, process that you do have to go through. Yeah, we've both been doing that. We've both been eliminating things off of our plate so we feel less overwhelmed and stressed, less compressed for our time. The final thing that I would like to say is that you're valuable. 
Your time is valuable. You only have a limited amount of time on this earth. So why would you not do it doing things that you enjoy, things that serve you and things that are going to move your life forward versus things that are causing you anxiety, things that are causing you stress and things that are holding you back. So do that evaluation on your life. And if always, if we can help, or if there's anything inside of this that resonated with you, they have more questions on, reach out to us, respond on our Instagram, on our Facebook page. Well, we love interacting with you guys. Most importantly, make sure it is that you hit like on this and subscribe so you can get more episodes of The Techie and the Cowboy. With that being said, my name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. And we're out. Kick that Zydeco outro music. That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and the Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think. 